You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Fourth Down in the Steel City, Crowley, Dunlap, Steelers, winners of three out of four, haven't turned the ball over in four games. They're on the up and up call, and what comes to your mind right off the bat? What comes to my mind is the last time they won a playoff game, and that's sort of the template for winning games with this football team right now. It feels like um, they've got to they've got to play close to the vest. They're dealing with a quarterback, and they weren't at that time really, but they're dealing with a quarterback who is just kind of learning the game, the NFL game, and they've got to make it. They've got to outlast you. That's the M.O. That was what it was always going to be headed into the season or as long as uh, when Kenny Pickett got his kind of feet underneath of him. And I feel like that's probably going to last until at least next season, uh, till Kenny Pickett becomes well, seasoned, I guess. Um, that's just what's happening now. And I, there's resistance to it by some of the fan base or there's a want to kind of break out and I just don't think this team can function a different way on offense. I don't. I, th- I don't think we're going to wake up one day and bang, they put up 38 points. Yeah, I'd be hard-pressed to see that in their near future. I just – I don't – I think everything would have to go right. I thought they moved the ball well enough to do that in Atlanta. I really do. But then they were so awful in the red zone that I can't even have those delusions of grandeur right now. But they are getting better offensively. And I've been struggling with this since the game now, Colin. The Steelers, beginning portion of the year, first half, if you will, they're two and six. You start off with Mitch Trubisky, then you get Kenny Pickett, a rookie, and he's as raw as can be because he's playing his first NFL snaps. But now he's four and four. And knowing the way the first half of the season went, can you look at the second half and if they finish with a winning record and Kenny continues not to turn the ball over, can that be enough for it to be a successful season? If that's what the second half yields, can you forget about the first half? No. No, I can't. Because it holistically is how I judge a football team. Um, from the star quarterback down to the trainers and to the preparation, whatever, 
And if you're asking me to designate if it would be success or not, if that, what you just laid out were to happen, it would be failure because they botched and screwed up the timeline on what quarterback to play at what time. Because they waited until after the bye week or whenever they played them, uh, the Buffalo game, whatever, to play Kenny Pickett. Whenever, if that ends up being, and it would be in hindsight, but you're judging on everything in hindsight because that's how you're judging the moves. It would be they waited too long to make the most vital move of the football season. So, no, I couldn't judge it as success. I would judge it as missed opportunity. And the only reason they missed the opportunity is because they were either afraid, they miscalculated, or they just flat got it wrong. I'm happy you said that because I'm in the same boat. They could have had both. You could have had a better start than two and six if you had held on against the Jets or not thrown the ball away two times, three times really, but two times late against the Miami Dolphins, or if Gunnar Olszewski doesn't screw one up against the New England Patriots, even Cleveland, if there's a third and three catch instead of a third and three drop by Deontay Dropson, then the Steelers, if you win one of those games, you're six and six right now. And you've got now a very legitimate chance of making the playoffs while Kenny Pickett gets better. And so did they screw up the quarterback stuff from the beginning? Yeah, you and I agree on that. But even though they did that, they still were in position to win games, and they, and they blew them. So I can't, I can't look at the second half. Even if the Steelers, what, they're 3-1 and one in their last four, let's say they even win their next five but don't make the playoffs, or they go 4-1. and one. So now you're, what, 7-2 and two down the stretch? Okay, maybe there's a building block for next year, and that can be a conversation. But if you go 7-2 and two over any stretch of an NFL football season and don't make the playoffs, it's an abject failure. I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. Because, I mean, you're dealing with almost two-thirds of the season at that point that you were very successful. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I, we knew from the beginning, and let's not lose sight of this, and I don't want to make it negative after a, a victory, but Mike Tomlin had never dealt with a quarterback battle. He'd never dealt with quarterback uncertainty from a personnel standpoint or at least how to deal and juggle quarterbacks. And I don't understand how he didn't enlist help or how he got it so wrong. Yeah. Because he definitely got it wrong. Like, and everybody saw it. And he's the thing, too, he still had outs. He still had trap doors he could have jumped through after a couple weeks or going into the Jets game or earlier or after the bye week. And he kind of chose not to. That, that, that was strange. It was like there's still no, and we'll never get it, rhyme or reason as to why he went to pick it when he went to pick it. No, and we had talked about it. If you're going to draft a quarterback in the first round, it makes a lot of sense that you just start the guy from day one. But after that, they made the decision not to. Then Mike Tomlin was Mr. Deliberate, Mr. Stick with the plan, Mr. Not let Kenny Pickett really compete for the job, let him compete for the backup role, and they were methodical. And Mike Tomlin had even said on multiple outlets and in press conferences, when we make the decision for starting quarterback, we're going to give that guy the opportunity to hold on to the job for a little bit. Then bang. I don't know that he panics, but I'm trying to search for a better word against the New York Jets. I think he threw his plan right out the window. And the way I see it is you can either be plan guy or you can be gut guy. But you can't try to be both. 
And I think Mike Tomlin, in this instance, did both. He wanted well, yeah, to be. I think I, you're right. You got to be either plan guy or gut guy. And whenever people say that, I always think of, I think of uh, Neil Huntington, the former Pirates general manager. He was plan guy. He was advanced metric guy. He was, and I give him credit for one thing. He never strayed from it. Like if you're the guy that says we ran 25,000 simulations on the roster and or on the lineup, and this is how we had to do it. There's not one time that you can deviate from course or else it screws that all up. So that's why invariably at the very end, he kind of failed because Clint Hurdle was infusing gut. Well, it throws off your whole mathematical equation off track, even if you just stray one time from all those mathematical variables and equations. And that's what Mike Tomlin is doing. You have to carry out one of those avenues the full way or don't start with it at all. And you have to wonder where they would be right now if Kenny Pickett had started the season. You would feel, or at least I would feel, like the four-game stretch he's had right now, you just shift it forward. And so then you've got more room on the back end for Kenny Pickett to grow. It never made sense for me at the They'd beginning. They'd be six and six. They'd be 500. Yeah, and which gives them a good shot. I mean, depending on who they beat, they would be either a game back of the Jets or tied with the Jets and have the tiebreaker over New York because maybe that's the team that they beat. So you're right there. And part of me struggles just how bad of a football team is this? Because you are five and seven. I already mentioned four games that were toss-ups, and that is the state of the NFL. I'll be on, I mean, I'll be clear on that. We know this. But you also haven't had TJ Watt, and even when TJ Watt's been back, he hasn't been healthy. Like when this roster with Kenny Pickett at quarterback is healthy, I do wonder where they are. I don't think it's a good football team, but there's going to be some teams that I don't think are good that are going to make the playoffs. I do wonder how things could have gone. It's about the 15th best team in the league, which right now gets you almost in the playoffs or around the playoffs, yeah. depending on where you record-wise. Because 14 teams get in, but not necessarily 14 that have the best record. Um, so – they're around the midpoint of the league, 15, 16, 17, somewhere around there. And they'd be fighting for a playoff spot. I firmly believe when every, when all hands are on deck, that's where they are. They're right in the midpoint. And we've seen they've largely beat the teams they're supposed to. And then you get drubbed by the Bills. You get drubbed by the Eagles. And you beat Cincinnati once. And the other one you've really fought until the bitter end. So I don't know that this is a bad football team. I just don't, like you said, I don't think they're a good football team there right there in the middle but with a couple of bounces right there in the middle could have got them in the playoffs we'll see though they're still in the hunt up next mike tomlin kind of acted like a word that rhymes with hunt am i allowed to say that i don't know we'll get to that next fourth down in the steel city Matchup breakdown. Analysts on every game. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is fourth down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Hey, Colin, I'm effing working, man. Yeah, did you see that video with Mike Tomlin? I did, and it's funny. I mean, I can't, I can't sit here and say it ain't funny. I laugh just about every time I watch it. Is it a bad look, though? 
if Mike Tomlin tells a fan he's effing working whenever the fan was clearly giving Mike Tomlin jovial fan support? I think yes. I think it's a bad look. Yeah, I for a guy that has, has blinders on seemingly all the time and a guy who is effing working and generally is able to tune out all the noise and preaches about nameless gray faces and background noise and we're just focused on what we're focused on, it sure seemed like a pretty innocuous moment to have a moment. You know what I mean? Like, it, I... I, sure, I see the video and I laugh too, and it's funny from a humor standpoint. But it's not going to take Mike Tomlin down. It's not even going to be a demerit in his book. No. He won't even get called into the office at all. But what it does for me, at least, it says like, why do you have to comment on everything? You know, why not just walk past and who cares? It does make me wonder what's bubbling up underneath for Mister Mike Tomlin. Uh, we know Aditi Kigwala, uh, who does some stuff for 93.7 The Fan, also nationally for CBS. She said that Mike Tomlin has dabbled in at least putting the feelers out there about TV. And I don't know if there's anything there that's going to bear fruit, that that's anything that's in the offing in the here and the now for Mike Tomlin. But I do wonder how frustrated it is, frustrating it is for him to sit there and his team be five and seven right now. And you just wonder if the pressures of the job, not that he's under any from his boss or anything like that, but the frustration of the job, knowing that you're probably not going to make the playoffs. You wonder if that stuff's bottled up inside and maybe he's a little bit more cantankerous than usual. And he just seems wound a bit too tight. I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it's generally a, a lot of nothing, but normally he meets those moments and doesn't punch down. So I didn't understand the need to do that. Eh, I, I I just, it's all bizarre. I, I would have actually liked to be there and see the full interaction offered a little bit more context, but I don't know what context we're missing considering the guy on social media was like, yeah, that's all it was. Like it was just that. The one thing I'm not here for is the, the opposite ends of the continuum here. Either, Mike Tom was the worst guy in the world because he did that. Or fans don't need to be anywhere near around there because that like the, the, the two 10% ends of the spectrum on this, like Mike Tom was the biggest jerk in the world. Cause he said this, I, I'm not here for that. And the guy needs to learn his place and not ever say anything to a coach who's working <laughs> like those two bookends. I, everybody who has one of those two opinions to me is wholly irrational. Yes. And they're yeah. never going to be – you're never going to be able to have a real conversation about anything with them. Yeah, I mean, it's just where were you on Mike Tomlin before the incident? If you are a Mike Tomlin quote-unquote hater and an irrational one, you're going to look at that and say, see, see, guy's a jerk-off. Whereas I think if you have a measured opinion on Mike Tomlin, you're probably walking away from that going, not a good look, but they got a lot of other issues they got to deal with. And that's where I am. I'm not in love with a lot of the things that have happened for Mike Tomlin for a while now. Do you? I, okay, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. Has he become less robotic in a not positive way for you? Or how would you describe it? The thing, like, has he cracked a little bit? Well, that was a crack, one that we don't see often. I thought it was a crack last year when he addressed the LSU 
Doug Whaley comments where I think he made the point he wanted to make. I think he probably came off worse than he wanted to in making it. We don't see him spouting off on the field. I mean, I don't think it's anything drastic, no. But there have been a couple of moments. Yeah, I don't think it's anything drastic, but I do I do see a real Mike Tomlin sort of surfacing. And sometimes it's not, like, pretty, and it's not good. And it's, it's Or, you know what, I take that back. It's not what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're seeing behind the curtain sometimes, and it's kind of – it feels like a guy who feels a little hot under the collar. Is that the worst thing? I mean, I kind of want him to feel that way. But you you wonder where it comes from. If it's just an internal pressure that he places upon himself because he wants to win games and he's competitive, or if there's people above him that are sort of putting their boots down. Well, okay, I'm glad you brought you took it to that place because if if that is the case, then I would do all I can to make sure that on game day I had perfection, i.e., make all have somebody help me with the challenges. Have somebody help me with the clock. It's like if he's that worried about all those factors and everything and that worried about his legacy or that worried about winning, it's just he hasn't put things into place to make the game day function optimally, I don't think, in his whole career here. And that's been quizzical to me. As much of a taskmaster, he's such a task. Okay, here's here's what it is for me. He's such a taskmaster that he's walking to the locker room and tells a guy, I'm working, leave me the F alone. But he's not enough of a taskmaster to realize that as he's working, it's imperative to have somebody help him with clock management and replays. Those two things don't fit like a puzzle for me. No, he needs to be less hands-on. And when Kenny Pickett talked last week about that Benny Snell touchdown run, he said he talked to Mike Sullivan and he talked to Mike Tomlin. That wasn't a fourth down play. Mike Tomlin, to me, shouldn't be involved in that conversation. Mike Tomlin shouldn't be sitting there going, run or pass. That shouldn't be his thing. If it's, hey, fourth down, what are we doing here? Of course, he's the head coach. I have all the say in the world. But that's something I wouldn't like him to have a say in. And now we know intimately, because Kenny Pickett spilled the beans, that he does. And we know that he at least calls a lot of the defensive plays, if not all the defensive plays. So now he's got a say in the offense. He's got a big say in the defense. He's in charge of the clock and the game management. It's too much. It's too much. And I don't think his strength was ever to be that guy. And the more, the longer he's been around, the worse the results have been, and it seems like the more is on his plate. Yes. I, I wonder what was on that note card, by the way. That he was holding? Yeah. Um, personnel. Yeah. Personnel for a certain package, for sure. Yeah. Either it probably wasn't special teams, but it probably was a certain play he knew he was going to run and he wanted to make sure or personnel out of the warning or out of a timeout that he wanted to make sure like a special. You know what? If you ask me to guess, I bet it was personnel on either a tackle eligible or personnel on a Derek Watt short yardage thing. Just to triple check. Derek Watt, he have more touches and targets Then George Pickens, what do we make of this? We get to it next. Fourth down in the Steel City. In-depth conversations.
matchup breakdown. Analysts on every game. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. So Mike Tomlin, he has potty mouth. Right. There was another instance, I'm trying to remember who it was, where a field mic picked up a player being a potty mouth. And then George Pickens coming off the field. We all had to be lip readers there. But after Deontay Johnson's fumble, not fumble, drop, not drop, he's screaming coming off the field, get me the effing ball, get me the effing ball. Do you, Colin Dunlap, have a problem with the latter potty day mouth guy, George Pickens? No, 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 not now. Not yet. Uh, One instance, okay. Two instance, I'll start to teeter. Three instances, maybe a bit over the top. In this context, and we are offered the full context here, was just after Deontay Johnson dropped the football, was as we're in the middle of a football game in which Deontay Johnson, or excuse me, George Pickens isn't being targeted enough. Um, No, I don't have – in a guy that's already – proven some things to this degree he's proven i think to be the number one target the most reliable target for the pittsburgh steelers not named Fryermuth. so i don't have a problem with him wanting the ball because he's shown he should get the ball uh and i don't even have a problem with the way that he relayed it that's how football players talk to each other if you don't like it go you know take up croquet but this the way he did it um Every, every receiver is a diva. Every receiver wants the football more. There's only one football. There's a million receivers. So if it becomes an epidemic, if it becomes weekly, if it becomes like all the time, then yeah, we need to revisit it. Here, um, yeah. He knew the best vehicle to have success was to get him the football, and they weren't. And he expressed it. Yeah, it's why I can't fault him too much. Because like when A.B. would bitch, A.B. was getting 20 targets. <laughs> like. The ball was always getting thrown to Brown, whether he be in double coverage or wide open. I mean, he that would bitch guy. after getting twenty targets, and somebody else just caught an eight-yard pass. Right. So uh, that is annoying as hell. And if you're Ben or your quarterback, come on, bro. There, I literally, I can't throw it to you more. I I can't throw it to you every play. George Pickens, I haven't watched the all twenty-two. Don't plan on it. Not gonna happen. Smarter people, football people then I can watch that tape. But I would imagine there have been opportunities that Kenny and the offensive coordinator have missed. And so I can't fault George Pickens too much because do I love the way he expressed himself, especially when you're winning and actually moving the ball, at least between the 20s, fairly well? No, I don't love that. But he's a young player. This was sort of his MO coming into the league. It's why he was drafted where he was. He's going to have to learn on the job. He can't act this way. And I think it's a teaching moment. If it continues to keep happening, I got a problem. But he's right, damn it. He's right. Get that guy the ball more. There's probably a better way to get the point across to Kenny Pickett, to the offensive coordinator, to the coaching staff. But is he right? Yes, he's right. So if a guy's right, I can't get too Maybe you could talk up. Santonio or Martavis. Um, maybe Plex kind of. What rookie receiver, though, in recent vintage, have you trusted more? Uh, he's right there. This is going to sound funny, given where he is now, but Deontay Johnson, a really good rookie year. Yeah, you're right. No, you're absolutely right. He's, his game is disintegrated a little bit. It has. Um, Martavis Bryant? Yeah, 
But he, yeah, I mean, Martavis was special that rookie season. Like he was, he was what people sort of talked George Pickens up this year to be. I mean, a guy who would catch a bunch of long touchdown passes. And Chase Claypool, I guess. Chase Claypool was a great rookie too. Yeah, he had a great, he had great ten first ten games. Um, and but then- none of them, I think, entered with the fanfare of George Pickens. And from the people you talk to and folks who were training camp, I mean, deservedly so, given the show that he put on display. So pump that guy the ball. I bet you that happens this week too because the talk leading up the last few weeks was Deontay's open, he's open, he's open. Okay, he was the leading target guy this week. Now it's George Pickens. He wants the ball. He needs the ball. I'm sure there'll be metrics saying he was open. I bet you they'll feed him the ball a little bit more. Hard to not. Uh, get I more. would almost guarantee that George Pickens has thrown the football two times in the first series. I would almost love guaranteed. to see. Wouldn't it just be great? Little Gunnar Olszewski motion across the formation. Play action to suddenly decent Najee Harris. Bam, take a shot against the hated Baltimore Ravens to George Pickens over the top. But at the... How about you don't have to do all the fancy shit? And you just run a regular pro set and run, uh, you know, either, you know, you just run doubles out on one side and you go ahead and you just make a move and throw the football. Or you motion somebody instead of having to have Gunnar Olszewski do all kinds of crazy stuff. Has George Pickens gone in motion one time this year? I'm sure he's gotten a couple handoffs. But in traditional motion and reset somewhere else? It's all the smoke and mirror stuff. Just play football. Well, and I mean, the thing is, he is a human mismatch. Like, you don't need to do a whole bunch of crap. You can throw the ball up to him when he's got two guys on him. They did it to Deontay Johnson, and he goes up and he mistimes his jump, gets one hand on it. That's a ball I'd like to see get thrown to George Pickens. Lamar Jackson, unlikely to play in this game on Sunday. Steelers are favored. They're probably going to be favored in the next three. They're in the hunt, and we get more into that coming up on Friday. Colin, it's been fun, pal. What do you say we do it again on Friday? See you next Friday, this Friday. Bye. Goodbye.